Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. I'm Connections Pastor here at the church. Yay! Hey! All right, yay. Okay, so I love you guys. So, If you're joining us online, welcome. Glad you're able to be here. Probably Rick and Susan, some of our missionaries are probably watching currently on Facebook Live in Italy. So welcome to them. Shout outs and love to them. So if you're joining us Facebook Live, welcome too. Okay, so last June, well last June, I'm saying like it's like a year ago, right? June, I was asked to speak at Renovation Church. And I said, okay, great. And there was a series that was launched out. It was out of a book called The Good and Beautiful Community. Well, the portion of that series that I got to do was the opening portion. And in that series, it was a message about hope laying a foundation for the rest of the series. And in the whole preparation time, I was thinking, you know, if I had the opportunity to share this message, I would love to share it with our church. Right? Well, then a lot of times we're in a series and you kind of have to stay with the series and stay. Well, this time it just so happened that when Tim said, hey, would you mind sharing on the 15th? I'm going to be off. And I said, yeah. And I knew exactly the message, hope. (laughs) And so here we are with the message of hope today. Um, I am, I'm, I'm really feeling like this week as I was preparing and reading, going through my Facebook feed wasn't fun this week. Um, And it wasn't like it was drudgery, but um, we lost a young pastor in California to suicide. Um, Everything ahead of him, um, 30 years old. Um, A friend of mine also um, lost his father unexpectedly, and so I spent the time on the phone for an hour or so just trying to work through that. Um, It was uh, the 10th was actually Suicide Prevention Day. Mental Health Month. Um, And so as I'm preparing, I just felt like it was super heavy, you know? And I was like, we got a message of hope, but it just feels so heavy. And I just want to pause because a lot of you, I had different conversations um, about the the young pastor um, with some of you. And then also we know um, prayer requests that you have. Um, Never, never feel like you got to go it alone, Okay. Look around the room right here. This community is a gift to you not to go it alone. Okay? So that's what I'm going to say about that. All right? So in the message, today we are hanging out in Colossians chapter 1. Am I going in and out? Okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. Now, Paul is writing to the people of Colossae, Colossae, however you want to say that, y'all figure that out, but the book is Colossians. And he's writing to the people and he says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. 
the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about it in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. That first little bit there is 70 word sentence is what I found in the process of reading. So in the process of reading that, it's a little da -da 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 -da. But whenever you get in there and you start pulling the pieces out, when it says in verse 5, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. That's where we're going to hang out this morning, all right? So a little bit of context about how we get the book of Colossians. Paul is in prison and he gets a message from Epaphras about this church, this small church in the town of Colossae or Colossae, right? He gets a message updating him on this church. And so this letter Paul writes is response to that. Okay, so when Paul was in, in Ephesus, do y'all know, does that ring a bell maybe? If not, it's okay. It's where Turkey is. Um, currently, modern-day Turkey, and it's on the coast. And Paul was in Ephesus ministering, and Epaphras was joining him in ministry. And they're doing things, and the church is growing in Ephesus. And Paul looked at, at Epaphras, and he said, I want you to go up the river like 100 miles to that, that trade city where there's a lot of people coming and going. Because there's going to be a whole lot. It's going to be a melting pot. I want you to go take the gospel to that city. And so he went up the river, and he spent time, and he ministered, and a church began to form there. And so in that time, the church grew up. They continued to minister. Well, we're going to hit fast forward because we don't have time for all that. Well, Paul is ministering and is locked up and imprisoned in Rome for ministering. And so when he gets that message, Epaphras is saying, you know that, that church you sent me to plant? In Colossae, Colossae, this is what's going on with them. And Paul said, let me write to them. And that's how we get the book of Colossians. So in this book, one overarching theme that's over and over and over. Sometimes we just hear, like if you're reading through your Bible and you see Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ or something, Paul intentionally puts Lord Jesus Christ over and over this book, because he is basically saying that Christ is supreme over all. And that's what he is trying to communicate to his people. Okay? So let's pray, and then we'll get into a little bit. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word. It is a gift and a responsibility. So I just ask that you would use me to teach your people, to encourage your people, to give hope, to, um, yeah, impart hope that we might love you and understand you and who you are. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so something about me is I love plants. I love to rescue them off the side of the road. People will throw shrubs out that they dug up, and I was like, no, it's alive. And, um, and am I lying? No. 
Um, I rescued a rose bush off the side of the road about two months ago. It's laying in a pile in a heap. And I was like, no. And so I put it in a pot and we got roses. So um, I am a fan of plants and yards and all that kind of stuff. So in our yard, well, another side note, you can't secret, okay? I am going in and out. You can't, you can't take this secret, okay? But at Lowe's, you can go to the back of the plant section, and it's like a dollar or three dollars. So don't go clear out the racks, okay? Because if you do, I'm, going, I'm coming after you because it's mine. But just go get a little bit. Leave me some. So in the back of the, but anyway, so we're walking through Lowe's one day. And I'm always interested by the odd, strange, you know, whatever. And there are these roots that are like this, these tubers. And I was like, huh, it's 50% off. I can put that in the ground. We'll see what happens, right? <laughs> Turns out it's a mammoth elephant ear. They start out, the roots start out larger than a softball, and then they just, it just goes crazy. So... I said, yeah, I've got to rescue that guy. And so I get him, put him in the ground. Well, before I could place him in the yard, I got to thinking, okay, I need to make sure I know what elephant ears need in order to grow. Like, they need some shade. They're such big leaves. This little science for you right here. The bigger the leaf plant, they need a lot more water because it's a lot more surface to evaporate all the water out of them. So I was like, oh, they need a lot of water and they need some shade to break from the sun. So we got to thinking and where I really wanted them, it wouldn't have worked because they would have fried in the sun. So anyway, we put it in the ground because I noticed that my air condition is always draining and it's always putting water out, right? And I said, there's a hole right there and I'm never going to water this thing. That my air condition, because we live in the Sahara Desert in the summer, is going to run all the time. And so it's going to water it for me. And so I just moved it away from anything that would be too much. And I just put it right in the ground. So now I had some others that I didn't really think too much about when I put in the ground about two years ago. And so I'm going to illustrate two years ago... This guy was planted. And this is what he's doing. He's doing okay. You know, he's all right. Um, but he's also in a spot that gets a ton of wind. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> so um, you see, but this guy that we rescued just a couple months ago, and we put by the air condition where it's getting watered all the time, He's doing his thing. I'm going to have elephant ears to give away. You see what's happening here? So he is planted and rooted in the right place. And what Paul is saying to this church is he says, the faith and love that is your reputation that we hear about is coming out of the hope of the gospel. That is what is so beautiful. And that is where it's springing from. He's saying you are rooted there. Stay rooted in the hope of the gospel because that's where this faith and love comes from. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be a community of faith and love? Right? Just that people know you and your reputation is, is that you love and care for people. 
And that you have a faith that holds you firm. And that you're a steady people. Wouldn't that just be a wonderful reputation to have? And so that's what, that's what Paul's saying. It's because you know why you can say that of yourselves? is because you're rooted in the hope of the gospel. So let's take a look at this gospel. What this hope is. Let's take a look and see where we are. So... Ooh, let me not knock that over. That'll be a mess. Skip would be mad at me. Um, <laughs> so let's, uh, your first fill in, number one. We are rooted in the death of Christ. Okay, that's not a fun one. They get better, I promise. They do. But this was not fun to consider, but we have to think about it. We have to consider this. Rooted in the death of of Christ. What does that mean? Why did Christ die? Because we had sin and debt that we could not cover. No amount of hard work, no amount of cultural keepings, no amount of anything we could do could get us there. We just could not overcome the guilt of sin that we had. And so the work of Christ in death, is that he went to the cross for us because we couldn't pay it, right? And so the crazy thing about it is that the death of Christ is that we too get to be a part of that. Uh, Romans 6, 3 through 4 says, Or don't you know... That all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So here's the beauty in the death of Christ. It's not fun to consider that my sins put him there. That the things that I do put him there. That is not a fun topic, is it? To, to know that you have a portion of that. But the, the beautiful thing is, we can partake in that. And that part of us can be put to death as well. So the things that want to hold on to us, to enslave us, to keep us in bondage, can be put to death in Christ. That's hope. That's a little bit of hope right there that you know that the things that you struggle with, the things that keep you stuck can be put to death. Yes, right? So don't get stuck on the portion of it's so painful. Get stuck on the I can join and I can surrender and I can submit my life to Christ and that can be put to death too. Our second fill-in, we are rooted in the resurrection of Christ. More fun as we go, just a little hint. Uh, the resurrection of Christ. Other parts, uh, Paul, I told you, was in prison, and he wrote to these people in the town of Colossae, Colossae. That's how we get Colossians. He also, while in prison, wrote, Philippians. And in Philippians, he says, Philippians 3.10, he says, 
I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. He's saying, I want to that to be a part of my life. Because I also have surrendered myself to Christ. I love Christ. He loves me. I have given my life to him. I want to participate in the resurrection part, the new life part. Right? So when Christ died for us, he was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. The same Holy Spirit and power that raised Christ from the dead, that resurrection power that Paul's talking about, we can participate in. Now that is a little bit of hope. Because that means that not only, because see, if we don't get this part, we just get into what I like to call sin management. Right? Because we are saying basically is that, okay, Christ died for that. It's covered. That's just management of our sin. That's not living. That's just management. But what is happening is Paul is saying is that we can participate in the resurrection power of Christ. That means that the same power that brought Christ to life can put new life in us. Right? We can look completely different. The things that we can't overcome ourselves, Christ will do. We can have the same resurrection power living in us today. And you know what it is? It's the gift. Like when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking, we're saying the Holy Spirit is the gift. God said, I'm going to give you a helper, and here he is, it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God and can live in us. So there's hope when you struggle with something for years and you don't feel like you've seen any change. Okay, so this week as I was um, prepping, see the enemy comes at you when you're trying to prepare and when you're trying to study and you're trying to preach. The enemy comes at you. And so at one point this week, I had the thought that I, I was thinking about a few circumstances like it's always going to be this way. It just is. This area of my life is just always going to be this way. And, and I had to pause for a minute and say, wait a minute, that's contrary to the gospel. That's contrary to what I have been studying and preparing to share with you. That's contrary. That's the opposite of the gospel because that same resurrection power that makes us new and changed can live in us, is in us for those who believe. And so when, when, we, when we have a tendency to say, it's time to just stop, just let it be, that's going to be okay, that's, I'm just going to have to deal with that. I'm here to say that's not the gospel. That is not what Christ died for. That is not what he's doing. There's change and it's coming. Number three, rooted in the ascension of Christ. And so until uh, June, I hadn't really thought about this that much. I hadn't really considered the ascension of Christ. I'm going to root myself in the ascension of Christ. What, what does that mean? Well, in preparation and looking through some materials in this book, 
Um, Christ, when he, he died, was resurrected. He spent days with the people he loved. There's this beautiful thing that I think sometimes there's overarching thing. Those days that he spent with us, um, well, not necessarily with us, but back with his creation after his uh, resurrection, it was like this beautiful picture of, okay, I'm back. I'm going to hang out with my family for a little bit. I'm going to make sure y'all are good. You know I'm okay. And then I'm going to go because I'm going to prepare that place for you. And then I'm going to send the helper. Okay, so we're going to root ourselves in his ascension. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, do we know why Christ ascended? Why he went? He went because he went to take the throne that he deserves. He went to sit at the right hand of the Father is why he ascended. And then sent the helper to be a part of our lives and everybody's to follow. And so what that means is Christ not only died to pay for our sins, he not only offers us the resurrection power, but he is also saying, you know what? I'm going to take the throne so that I'm the authority over your life. I'm the one who's going to sit and pass the judgment, the final call. And so Christ went to take that seat next to the Father. Okay, so let me tell you a little story. A couple years back, I found myself in the courtroom. Um, I didn't do anything. I was there, a friend. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that part. So, um, so my um, friend was doing a little trial hearing type thing, and I was sitting in the back just listening in to be a support. Well, middle of the hearing, my phone goes off. My phone is always on silent. Always. I never have the ringer up. Not this day. It was like on 10. <laughs> the judge stopped. The courtroom got quiet, and I'm sitting there like, oh, it ain't me. It ain't me. The judge stopped everything, asked for my name, and asked me to sit in the hallway <laughs> until he called me back in. The trial finished. The hearing or whatever, it wasn't really a trial. The hearing finished, um, and um, he called me back in. And he said, Jason Elkins, may I see your license, please? And I'm standing before him. And he said, you're being held in contempt of court. He was not playing. I said, yes, sir. He looked at me and he said, here's your fine. See the lady in the back. You can pay it now or go to jail for 30 days. I said, I choose pay. <laughs> So I, uh, I walked to the back, met the um, clerk. We walked across the hall. I swiped my debit card and signed the receipt. I have a little thing. It said, the state of South Carolina versus Jason Edward Elkins. <laughs> yep, I was held in contempt of court. So um, Maybe you found yourself in a place, not quite like that, but maybe you found yourself in a place where you're guilty. You know you are. 
The things that you've done, you're guilty. I mean, I, he, he asked me, he's like, did you not see the blue sign on the door? I was like, no, sir, the door is propped open. Okay, did you not see the three blue signs on the back of the wall? I said, no, sir, I had my back to the wall. I was sitting on the wall to the back. I wasn't paying attention. But, but nonetheless, I'm guilty, right? He had the authority to do what he did. Well, in Christ's ascension, he's taken the throne, but he's taken the throne as a father. Right? He's taken the throne as one who genuinely loves and cares for us so intimately. So I could imagine if, if it would have been different had um, I been like at a heaven. Because probably I'm, I'm, I would have been wrong. You know, Christ would have said, yes, he's wrong. But all you accusers, I paid the price for him. So you have to talk to me about that. You can't hold him there. I paid the price for that. Yes, he was wrong, but I paid it. You see? And so when, when we say we're rooted in the ascension of Christ, what we are saying is that we not only have a God that loves us, but he also is caring and watching over us with final judgment. That's wonderful. Because no matter what accusations and things come at us, we know who holds the final say. Now that's hope. Because that means that it's just a season. Right? That means that this too shall pass. We're also rooted in the return of Christ is our fourth one. Now this one's pretty. This one's great. In the vineyard, we go, uh, we have a saying called the already and the not yet. Right? Okay, we have the already and the not yet. And what we're saying when we say that in the vineyard movement is that Christ has done the work. He's already done everything. He's empowered us to live a holy life. But we're still here in the earth and we live in this world, right? And so a lot of things that we experience are very tough and very hard experiences. So um, the already and the not yet. We're already empowered through the Holy Spirit to live in victory. But the not yet is that we still are going to have some struggles and some challenges. And we have to turn and say, Father, carry me through it. Right? That's the not yet portion. That's the portion that doesn't just make it so easy. But what's going to happen is when Christ returns, it's going to be the already. There's going to be no more not yet. There's going to be no more waiting, no more hoping, wishing that we didn't have to persevere like we're persevering because the struggle is real. Right? So, when Christ returns, there's going, we're, we're getting rid of the already and the not yet. It's just going to be in the moment, right? And so the Father that loves us so dearly is going to be with us in presence, not only just through the Holy Spirit, but physically. 
And we get to commune and we get to be a part of what he has been preparing for us since he left. So the Bible says and relates um, parents like what if, if parents and fathers and mothers know good things to give to their children, how much more does your father in heaven know? If us earthly parents love and tend to our children, how much more does God know? How much more can he prepare for us? And so in these moments right now, our place is being prepared. That's some hope. That means that he is intentionally attending to who he created me to be. He knows Jay like plants. I'm hoping I get a garden. Right? I don't know. But I think it could be fun. Right? So um, the beauty of it is right now, in the moments that don't feel real fun and there's struggle and we're persevering, right now, Christ is preparing for us. That's some hope, right? And so that means that we aren't stuck. That means it's a season. It's a period of time. And we too will experience what he has been preparing for us ahead of time when he returns. That's beautiful. It's exciting. That's hope. So when we're talking about rooting ourselves in these things, no, we don't physically have roots. We're not in the dirt. I'm not that crazy about plants to think that. But what I'm saying is that we have to choose. Well, maybe we don't really feel it. Maybe we don't really see it. We have to choose to remind ourselves of the gospel. Because what was Paul saying? He was saying that this community of faith and love is springing from the hope of the gospel. It's bubbling up from the hope of the gospel. And so rooting ourselves in all these things means reminding ourselves of correct thinking. Reminding ourselves of who we are and who Christ is and how he loves us. It means that when we are not feeling it, I'm a dad. And some days are just long with the children. I love them dearly. Some days you just don't feel it. Some days... You don't get along with a coworker. Some days, coworkers even throw you under the bus because they made a mistake. Right? I heard of that story this week. Sometimes we lose loved ones. It's even worse. Right? Sometimes we lose jobs. Sometimes we just, life just throws us curveballs. In those moments, to be rooted in the gospel means in those moments, I'm going to choose to remind myself of the truth of the gospel. That's what's being rooted in the gospel, is that I'm not going to allow my circumstances to steal what I know is rightfully mine. Right? And so a lot of times we decide we're going to root ourselves in things that don't really work. Right? So sometimes, folks, I think um, we might say, if I could just be, 
in a relationship and just feel love and reciprocate love, I would be okay, right? If I could just drive that car and not worry about my car anymore, I'd be okay, right? If, if I could just have X amount of dollars, I would be okay. One thing I am not saying about the word of hope, this is not the wishful kind of hope at Christmas. I'm wishing and hoping. This is a foundational hope that I know is true, right? And so all of those things that I just mentioned get us this. When the wind gets kicking up, we got no roots. We got nowhere to stand. We got nowhere to go. Because we've rooted ourselves in stuff that is temporary and temporal. Christ is calling us to say, root yourself in me. Hold steadfast to me. No matter your circumstance, I can make you prosper. I will because it's my plan for you. It's my goal for you. Right? Is the whole reason the work of the gospel took place is because he is hoping for this to take place in our lives. So, as a church, I want us to exercise hope. How do we do this, right? So, if you're um, willing, nobody compelled to do anything you're uncomfortable with, if you could use some hope, would you mind raising your hands? You could use some hope, right? Yes. Okay, go ahead and put them down. I'm not going to call you out. If, if you're willing to have somebody around you pray for you, for hope, just in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand again. See how I did that? I don't want to call or make anybody uncomfortable, right? I'm not trying to call you out. But if you're willing to have somebody around you pray for you, for hope and a restoration of the gospel in your heart. Now would you raise your hands? If you're willing, okay. Okay, church, you see these hands? Hands? Okay, look around you. Okay, let's start praying. So would you turn to the people next to you? Go ahead and hold them up so we can see. The people next to you. There's some hands here, here, back here. Nobody's left out. Here, we have some hands. Here's somebody. No. We're going to practice being the church here. Yep. Right back here, there's someone. All the way in the back. Some folks willing to go pray. Okay, and just pray hope. Pray peace. Pray comfort. Pray as the Holy Spirit leads you to pray. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.